there were probably multiple times in you know life. I'm 35 years old, so there's probably multiple times to this point where um, I should have stopped and said, "I need help." You know, I should have um, said something to my wife. I should have said something to my you know family, my parents, um, friends, but I just didn't. Um, and I think people, you know, I think people could tell, and they could say, "Well, he's really stressed right now," but then he gets over it. Um, but it was, it was something that, especially in the last probably six or seven years where I just kept thinking like, I'm going to, I'm going to break out of this at some point. It needs all the things. Give it all the things. Oh, perfect. You nailed it. You can't bend physics. What you can do is write better software. And you're doing MPLS changes or BDP changes. May, may God be with you, right? I, I always feel like I'm just a little fish in a sea of big fish. I've got a nested six-node Nissan. Aw, uh, guys. People, you know, quite often think that they don't have anything to bring to the table when they absolutely do. Everybody should. Anybody in IT that skips the phone stuff, it just hasn't earned it. Okay, I lied. I have one more question. On demand. Correct. Welcome to GigaCast episode 29 for Sunday, May 5th, live to tape from the GigaCast headquarters. I'm Britton Johnson. And broadcasting live from the VMware Fox Crossing office, I'm Tony Reeves. How's week number two, three been, Tony? Is it How long has it been already? Uh, tomorrow's the start of week three, yeah. Week three, dang. Time flies. Going good. Still getting through lots of onboarding training and uh, meeting with some customers and partners and kind of starting to get into the swing of things here. So it's been cool. good. So I listened to parts one and two of your interview on the Nerd Journey podcast. Nice job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was that was actually a really fun uh, podcast. So those guys run what, what I would like to call like the NPR podcast of IT podcasts because it's so quiet and it's, and just, eh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> they had... They had quite the list of questions, and unlike us, you know, we normally go off the rails. They actually pretty much asked every question on the list. Wow, yeah, we we we're I think we're known for being you know uncontrollable and off off you know Un- unscripted unscripted, and it kind of scares some of our guests. So hopefully, the people we have today are cool with it. So, um, so my Future Net podcast episode with Katie Holmes dropped on Friday, um where yeah, I, saw that. I went for like 15 minutes on stuff. I, c- I couldn't believe it. I was just talking my head off. Um, nice. And, you know, so that was that was fun. Um, and the other little quick bit of news before we jump into today's episode, um, my brother Heath did, did a lightboard video for his Cloud Foundation stuff. So go check out, you know, he, he at Heath Barjay on the Twitters and and look at his uh his, his lightboard video that he's very extremely proud of. So I don't know. That's that's cool. what I have for quick news. I'm trying. We, we want to try to get through this episode today quickly because it's going to be jam packed. Um. So so your brother is now trying to hijack your airtime to promote his career. Pretty much. Is that, yeah. Is that yeah. what I picked yeah. up from this? Okay. <laughs> Tony, who's that guy talking? Keith. Keith I'm judging you. That is third time, our first third time guest, Mr. Cody DeArkland. Welcome to the show, buddy. I still don't have sound effects. I'm sorry, Pete Fletcher. <laughs> every, every time I feel like I'm going to come back and there's going to be sound effects and I'm let down. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
we'll have to work on that for next time. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't continue to work under these conditions. Uh, well, I'm, 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 ooh, I am going to pay you with swag now, Cody. You're going to get a shirt. Oh, so, snaps. Yeah. Oh, oh that's what I should have upgrade from the to upgrade from the cheese coaster. <laughs> Come on, that was classic. I actually, I gave one to Pat. <laughs> oh, he, did. he did, and a shirt. Yeah, he took the shirt. <laughs> so if you see Pat walking around campus, you know, with a GigaCast shirt on and holding his cheese coaster, you know. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah, I'll, I'll know he's finally made it. Tweet, tweet. I'll know he's or or if you go into his office and you see it on his desk, tweet that picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's gonna end great for my career. Yeah. <laughs> Snooping. Okay. Desktop. Um, we and have. Yet I'm not allowed today. Who else is with us? Yes. Who else is sitting next to you? Um, in the virtual sphere of video chat that we're on. Uh, Mr. Michael Stanclift, is that how I say your last name? That is. Awesome. Welcome to the GigaCast, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so we're here to talk a little, you know, we're, we're, we try to keep things loose and fun on the show, but we're here to talk about our, like, our first like, real serious topic today. Because unknowing to me, I didn't even realize this, we just kind of did this by accident, May is Mental Health Month. Oh, that I didn't know that either. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm looking. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is like a thing. So, you know, so this is on the heels of, you know, Michael, yourself, and Cody. Both of you guys have publicly blogged about your experiences in um, in the realm of dealing with, you know, your, your mental capacity to process things. Um, and that's probably a horrible way of saying it. So I apologize, but it's pretty, it's pretty accurate. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. and there's, there's going to, you know, and, I, and because, you know, I'm, I, I, because I'm not a professional, I don't know how to deal with some of this topic. So there's going to, I'm probably going to be apologizing a lot. So I'm sorry in advance, but. Well, I think, you know, so I would say don't, right. Because I think that we're, I think we're here to talk about something that's pretty, pretty sensitive and pretty tough for people to, to talk about in right. general. Right. And none of us should apologize for, for asking questions about this, how to deal with friends that are going through this or how to deal with it ourselves. Right. Like, so don't apologize for it because right. I think that this is like, what we're doing here is, is trying to make it easier to talk about this. And if it wasn't as challenging to talk about, a lot of people wouldn't be going through this stuff in the way that they are. So mm -hmm. don't apologize for right. it. At least that's my opinion. I'm sure Michael agrees. Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, just by ha just by inviting us on, I think you've pretty much broadcasted that you're not trying to uh, bring us on to offend us or uh, you know put anybody down because of what we've come out and said. So well, you know, I, I mean, I appreciate the opportunity, but just 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 to let you know, you're not like I said, you're not going to offend me at least. All right. Well, you know, I'm not. No, I don't. Not I don't. You'll probably, you'll probably offend me. Well, yeah. <laughs> But, and never, yet you keep yeah, coming back. He keeps coming back. I I <laughs> never try. I never try to offend anyone on the show. But you know, no, no. I've, I've, I've thankfully, knock on wood, not had any real haters hit me yet. So, but you know, Tony had one, that's, Tony that's had part of the reason why I blogged. Yeah, <laughs> Tony had one hater on the on one of his YouTube clips for his his his, his Twitter handle name. But oh yeah, that guy that was giving me all the grief about Vsans and <laughs> yeah. Like, what's, what's wrong your, with what, why is your handle what, import cargo when you don't have anything about cars on your channel? <laughs> yeah, this isn't a car channel. Yeah, oh, that's funny. anyway. Anywho, so okay, 
So before we kind of get into the nitty gritty details of kind of what happened uh, or with or where, where we're going with this, uh, Michael, give us sort of a synopsis of who you are, what you do, and you know your your day to day responsibilities to date, and anything that you'd like to, like us to know about you. Sure. Um, so I'm Michael Stancliffe. I'm a technical account manager with VMware. Uh, I've been with VMware for about a year. Uh, for those who don't know what a technical account manager is, I'm, I'm essentially a uh, customer-facing um, evangelist slash consultant slash you know uh, guy who's supposed to know the guys that the customer gets to talk to. Um, you know, I'm I'm assigned to a dedicated customer here in Kansas City, uh, so I, I spend a lot of time actually at the customer's site, working with them directly, and then I'll when I need to, I'll go grab folks like Cody or any of the technical marketing or internal product managers and, and uh, you know, try and educate my customer on a different VMware products. My customer is pretty large. They've got, I think we were telling it up the other day, they run just about everything that VMware offers. It's just somewhere in their data center, um, may not be across the whole thing. So I have to kind of play a lot of different roles and wear a lot of different hats across different products. It's a little bit of a challenge, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Speaking back to my brother, he was, he started out as a TAM and it's, it's a, it's a challenging role. I mean, you gotta do, you gotta wear a lot of hats. You gotta kind of, you know, you're, you're like a little bit of pre-sales, a little bit of post-sales. Um, so yeah, it's hats, hats off to you, sir, for trying to know everything. And from a product perspective, you gotta be like knee deep in, everything they offer, right? That's that's a huge challenge versus me being a specialist. Yeah, one day I'm talking vSAN, the next, you know, an hour later I'm talking PKS and then Bio and mm-hmm. Core vSphere, NSX. I mean, you know, like I said, they're they've got a little bit of everything going on. So it uh it it it, you know, it probably feeds into what we're gonna talk about later, but uh you can't be an expert at all of it. So you kind of just have to know how far you can go and then when you can grab somebody who's actually knows what they're talking about to provide some value cool and and what is your blogs if people want to go look it up uh, my uh, site is vmstan.com okay. and uh, yeah that should be the top hit there's content of uh, of the day right. and and C- Cody Cody has anything changed with you since we talked to you last Nope, I'm still me. Still technical marketing for cloud management. So I specialize in the new automation platform and still have my blog at thehumblelab.com. So. And it's still all above our heads. Yeah. Right. Still like, still like, just trying to get people <laughs> on the level. Right. Like like every time you put something out on Twitter, I could I could use that gif from Finding Nemo where Marlon's like, I know he's trying to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> just gone so someday i might be there or at least close but maybe not we'll, we'll get you there buddy we'll get you it's a journey it's a journey we're just trying to make this happen okay um and just as a pre-warning in case somebody listening all of a sudden hears a ding dong that's not your doorbell um we're wait we're waiting for mr al rashid to join us as well um he just if got he a, can make it if he can make it he just got off a flight um, and he's just on his way home and he's going to try to jump in. So he might b- pop in here at any, at, at any moment. Um, and, and that will be enjoyable to have Al back. All right. 
So as we talked, said at the beginning, you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, apparently. And so we're talking about this because it's important, I think. And I think this is sort of one of these tough to talk about topics where, you know, it, in some regards, I think, um, I think everybody has a little bit of experience with it and some people have no experience with it. I know like my wife has never really had any experience with, with this issue. Um, versus, you know, other people I know as well, who to my knowledge have never had any real, you know, problems with anxiety or, you know, these sorts of things. So, and I hadn't had anything, um, close to this until, uh, I want to say it was sometime in like early 2017. So this is my public public outing story of of how, my experience with with this by, on my own thing. So here's here's where I am. Since I'm not a blogger, I'll tell you guys what happened. Okay. Um, I quit my job end of 2016, my day job, to start full time consulting in January of 2017. And like at the time, I thought you know this was going to be fairly easy, right? You know. I'm I'm just going to work for myself. I had I had a, a book of clients to work off of. Everything was going great. And it really was. I mean, I had really nothing to worry about. Um and then I you know, for whatever reason decided to sign up to do my first Vmug talk on NSX. Um and like because of all of a sudden client work exploding and having a lot of stuff to do, I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare for this talk and this thing was just like looming in the back of my head. And at the, at about the same time, a brand new client that I just started working for, like their whole small, this is a small business, but their whole environment basically did, like they hired me in the middle of everything being on fire. Um, and then, uh, and then potentially losing like all the data in their entire business. So that's always fun. Yeah. Well, that so, that sounds unfortunate. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great, great time to bring in the consultant. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, like the, their previous IT guy had left and set up things in a way. So it was almost like a ticking time bomb. And so eventually the bomb exploded and they, you know, he didn't do it on purpose, but it, you know, just was kind of how it was. And the backups weren't really there and some stuff happened. And like, you know, I'm, I'm in, in their office trying to fix things and all of a sudden, like, data stores are just disappearing while I'm trying to, like, do a backup to save things. And so, like, I'm just like, crap, like, I don't know that I can prove that I did nothing to do with this. <laughs> so, you know, and it and that all kind of worked itself out, you know, because it was eventually I was able to prove that the data store that they were using for their primary system, which was a Netgear NAS, um, basically was shot. And so, you know, it, it, but, but it was one of these things of like piling on top of the other. And all of a sudden, like, you know, within three days, I have to give this VMUG talk, you know, a, a highly technical overview of how VMware NSX works to people who've not really heard much about it at this point. Um, and like, it was like a Saturday morning. I got up and dealt with, you know, handled usually with the, with the routine around here is on Saturday mornings. I get up with the kids. I, you know, get them breakfast while I let them watch TV, let my wife sleep in, and that's what we do. And, like, all that morning, I was, for whatever reason, just freaking out. That's all I can, quote, describe it as. 
And it was, it was probably not until my wife eventually got up that I kind of just lost it a little bit and just broke down crying for a little while. And I had no idea what was going on. I was completely just lost. Um, and it, it, you know, got through that and then did the VMUG talk that week, which ironically, <laughs> in, in hindsight now, it's funny because I was freaking out a few days before I did the talk and because of all this other stuff happening, I get to do, to, to, to go do the, the, my, my presentation and Tony can attest to this cause he was there. Everything broke. Yeah, the projector wasn't working. The audio was funky. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing worked. My slides—you were up on this screen because they brought a projector out of the car. You couldn't see anything. Like it was just all blurry. So I'm up there yelling about NSX for 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 thirty minutes, and nobody can you know see anything that I'm talking about. It's just the whole thing was just a comedy of errors. And so you know, ever ever since then, I'm just like, well, you know, if I get up to do a talk any, any anymore, if if the projector works. And my microphone actually works, then we're good. Right. <laughs> you really set your bar. Set your bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, again, like I was freaking out about, you know, in my head, almost nothing. But in retrospect, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong on the actual day. So, but, you know, that, that, that is my sort of like, what I guess what would classify as my entry level experience in, an, in a small, very small anxiety attack. And, and it was not fun. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I thankfully have not had anything ever since then. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, you know, and I've had plenty of stuff to worry about, you know, I mean, my, my kids have been in the children's hospital and I've had other things happening with them. And it's just like, you know, all of that kind of stuff, you know, it really, it go, going through some of those experiences really tends to ground you and there's how. So, you know, so, so I'm, so that, so that's where I come from in all of this. So Cody, let's kind of start with you while Al gets plugged in here. Um, when you're kind of, kind of first, you know, going, going into this, like when, when did you realize that you needed some help that, that you couldn't necessarily take care of some of the stuff yourself? If that's a well, good, if, if that's a good uh, entry if that's a good entry question yeah, if there's a, if there's a better way you want to talk enter this then totally. feel free. So it's one of those things. So the short answer is when I was like hyperventilating at my desk, sobbing like a child. That's that's what I knew, <laughs> right? Right. Um, but it's you know it, it's interesting and and I use I don't know humor is a coping mechanism for me. So like I can look back now and I can and I can laugh at it, but it's, it's almost like I feel like I earned the right to laugh at it a little bit, right? Like it's it, it's my joke. So I can laugh at it and I can share that laughter with other people and other people can laugh and it's all good. Right. Um, that being said, I think that when you, when you look at things like this, it's, it's much like a glass of, of water, right? A glass of water can only hold so much. And you're always thinking I can pour just a little bit more in, but once it overflows, it's done. Like it's, it's messy and it's getting all over your pants. It's getting all over the table. And that, that water has to go somewhere, right? That liquid has to go somewhere. Um, and I can look back now and I can see that for years that cup was, was filling up, right? This wasn't, this wasn't something that, that a, a rough period happened and it just really quickly kind of escalated. This was years of me not dealing with, with stuff that happened as a, as a young kid. Right. Um, and 
I can look back and I can see mild like situations that happened throughout my life where I should have, where I should have taken a pause and gone and talked to somebody and I just didn't. And it was always, uh, you know, I, I feel better now, you know, I had this big explosion or this big breakdown moment, but I feel better now so I can get through this. Um, uh, and it just, this last, the, the big one that happened, you know, probably what a couple months now ago now, I think, um, it just, it really, it really brought me to my knees. It, it impacted me for weeks. It was something I carried around wow. for a while. Um, and it was just, you know, it, it, I don't know if just being like mentally mature enough to, to admit it or, or what, but I just, I just knew like, I am not equipped to handle the emotions that are going through me right now. I don't have the skills to deal with this. I don't have the strategies to deal with this. And it's, I think that people approach, um, I think people approach like going and talking to somebody like, oh, you know, I'm not going to go talk to somebody because I already know what's wrong with me. Just to be blunt, no shit. Of course you do, right? We all know what's going on with us. Right. Like it's not, you're not going like and the biggest thing, like if somebody hears me talking on this and takes it away, it's not about going and having someone tell you what's going on with you. You know yourself, whether you admit it out loud or you want to share that with people. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, but more often than not, you know what's going on with yourself. What you don't always know is how to deal with that. And you don't know strategies to manage those emotions or ways to talk to yourself and deal with those emotions. That's the part that, that was big for me. And the thing that I took away from talking to somebody about this is, is I learned ways to manage what I'm going through. I knew, I learned strategies and how to, and how to think about this in a way that I didn't know how to before. And I'm, I still feel that way. Like, it's not like the feelings are gone, but I very much self-talk myself now. And I know the things that make me feel better. And I know how to build a support structure for myself. And I know how to give that to my family and how to have them help me with this. So that's my rant on the topic. All right. But Michael, I kind of want to. And Al, I see you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you listen for a little bit, and then we'll, we'll, we'll bring you in. Okay. Um. So, Michael, I want to kind of pose the same sort of question to you. Like, you know, I read your blog post, which was incredibly detailed, and just, you know, really just raw and and very well put together. So, kudos to you for being brave enough to share this. Um when kind of, you know, in, in your journey towards this, you know, ultimate breakdown, when, when did you really know that you needed to start doing something? And, you know, what, what would, what would you say is a way for somebody to try to try to identify this a little bit earlier in that path? Yeah. So, you know, I kind of would echo what Cody said. There were probably multiple times in, you know, life, I'm 35 years old. So there's probably multiple times to this point where um, I should have stopped and said, I need help. You know, I should have um, said something to my wife. I should have said something to my you know, family, my parents, um, friends, but I just didn't. Um, and I think people, you know, I think people could tell and they could say, well, he's really stressed right now, but then he gets over it. Um, but it was, it was something that, especially in the last probably six or seven years, where I just kept thinking like, I'm going to, I'm going to break out of this at some point, you know, this is, this is a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it, and depression doesn't really work like that. Anxiety, you know, uh, especially when you're not, if you're not making any changes and just expecting something to change inside of you, it's, it's never going to happen. 
Um, you know, and so, so Cody talks about the glass of water. I kind of, I'll take a, you know, server admin. I kind of look at it as like, like a, and I, and I explained it in the post as sort of just being like, you know, event log of your life where some stuff happens and you, you don't look back at it. You don't, you don't really read the log. You say, Oh, okay, well, you know, we had this crash or we had something, but we didn't really do anything to address it. We just let it, we just let it fester right. until the point where one day, I mean, everything comes to a halt and you know, kudos to you for sharing your experience with, you know, just, you just, you get to the point where your brain kind of locks up right, and you don't, right. you don't know what to do and you start crying. And, you know, mine, uh, mine happened. I'd come home from a uh, particularly difficult, difficult customer. I already had a lot of this stuff going on. Um, you know, I had some folks on social media who were coming after me and, you know, harassing me directly. And, um, I just came home and I saw some tweet that they had thrown out there and it just sent me over the edge. Um, and I, I ended up in the emergency room. Right. So, I mean, my wife was, my wife was actually sitting in my office talking to me and I looked at the computer and saw it and ju I just, I mean, I just rebooted, you know, I just, I just completely shut down Jeez. crying. And I, I don't remember much about like three 30 to five 30 in that afternoon. Right. Dang. I mean, it was just sort of like this, this, period where all of a sudden I'm, you know, on the way to, to the ER and then ended up spending like three hours in the waiting room trying to get somebody to, to look at me. And so I had a lot of time to reflect on it in that moment, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, so it's a roundabout way to say there are probably a lot of different places in my life where I probably should have reached out. Um, but leading up to that event, there was probably a two or three month period where I kind of, I started to kind of indicate to people, Hey, I think, you know, something might be wrong. Um, and at that point I was expecting somebody else to kind of take care of it for me. I expected somebody else to like, I don't know, make an appointment or to, or to just directly say to me, like, you need to go get help, but nobody was. And something I want to say about that real quick, Michael, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, something, and there's something big about that right there. Um, I, I feel that I felt the same way. I wanted so badly for somebody that I respected. Like, cause I mean, for, people will ask you all the time, how your day's going, right? All the time people ask how your day's going, but I really wanted like a mentor or somebody who knew me to just, to just dig into it a little bit, like to dig into why I, like how I was doing a little bit. Cause I wanted to talk about it. It's not like I was sitting there saying, I don't want to say this. I just didn't know how, um, and I desperately wanted somebody to help fix this for me, but I just didn't know how to ask. So like, it's that, that's something that people should take away from this is we as mentors need to grow beyond just the, Hey, how's your day going thing and, and ask the people around you and dig a little bit into what's going on in their world. Ask them about things they're having a hard time with. Like what was the hardest thing that happened in your week this week? Um, because that's huge. So sorry to interrupt Michael. I just, that was something that really, I resonated with because I felt the same way. I just, I really wanted to talk about it. I just didn't have anybody asking the right questions. Not yeah, that it's their problem. It's mine. But. Right. And I, I mean, I did too. I guess I wanted, I, I was, I wanted somebody to, to reach out and just kind of grab me and, and, and direct me in the direction, you know, of, of how to fix this. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't really willing to open up to the point where anybody knew that that's what they ne needed to do. Um, you know, it's, it's when you're, when you're trying to hide something for 33 years, you get, 
you get pretty good at it um, until the point where you just can't, and then it's then it's unhideable. And at that point, right. it, there's there there really wasn't any way to. There's no turning back at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I and I think this is you know a part and parcel for our day and age. I mean, I think you know like people can ask you know how are you doing, but you know like everybody feels like we know each other so well, quote unquote, because of, you know, how much stuff people do share on online. And we sort of all have these like surface relationships with each other online. And it's, it's, you know, I think it's really easy for somebody to feel like they know you based on the stuff that you post. And so generally speaking, because everybody posts the highlight reel of their life online, um, and no, not very many people, you know, share the bad stuff. And of course, nobody wants to look, read that. So, yeah. you know. Well, and one of the things that has kind of come to me through this is that only you really know the real you, you know, your your yeah. wife or your spouse, you know, whoever it is, um, you know, they know a slice of you. They may have a bigger slice than, than somebody else. But your coworkers knew know a specific version of you. The people online know a different version, and so, you know, especially with social media and and like you said, you know, you can you can kind of show the best part of yourself, and and everybody else looking on the outside sees, oh well, his life is so great because here's this little slice, and that one slice, you know, hey, he's got the nice car and the big house and the healthy kids and you know his great job and all this they don't know what's going on up here that right. that even you're not sharing with the rest of the world. Right. Yeah. And I personally, I don't have a story to share like the like Britain did uh, where I've had any kind of a breakdown, but I've certainly, you know, dealt with anxiety over the years over on call overnight and uh, what's going to break. If it's going to break, can I handle it? You know, a lot of those imposter syndrome type questions, I've dealt with a lot of that over the years as well. One thing that never, ever used to bother me that now does is I have severe anxiety over traffic. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. Like yeah. to the point where I need to, my brain starts going, what happens if I'm stuck here and I can't move and I can't get off if I need to. And my, like the brain starts racing and I literally have, I finally discovered that I have to just like, stop breathe is the, like my main thing uh and i'd never had that happen before so i i can at least partially relate to that and, and some of the back-end it infrastructure stories you're sharing but i haven't had necessarily that specific meltdown like you're talking about either yet well and, and hopefully and you, I, hopefully you won't so we can kind of this is part of this episode is getting people to realize they need to talk about this stuff with people who are close to them you know, yep. yeah. So, Al, do you have yeah, any you any thoughts you want to jump in here yet? Hey guys, hopefully you can hear me clearly. Thanks yeah. for allowing me to join. Yeah, sounds I'm good. Sorry, sorry for being late. Uh, I'm, you have no excuses. Uh, you just got off an airplane. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, if you have any questions for me, feel free to ask. I'm just trying to pick up from where you guys left off, or where I where I jumped in. Right. Um. All right, Tony, do you have anything you want to jump in with next or? Um, not right off the, off the top of my head. We've actually covered a lot of our questions. Already. I know, I know. That's where I'm looking at this stuff, but um, all right. 
<laughs> well, and I, and I think you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fire I'm gonna fire a question off. Go ahead, bring as, it as the three P as the three P. So so Michael, I, you know, I, I threw out a, kind of, a couple of things like you know there was one thing that I wanted people to hear. Do, have you thought about that much? Like if, you know, the one thing that you want to get out into the community around this from from your perspective, I think that like we all have different experiences with dealing with with this and the stuff that we've been through here. What's your um, like your big gem or the big thing that you took away from this? So the, I mean, the one thing that I would want everybody else to take away from this is that you're not alone, right? So when I, when I was going through sort of the deepest parts of this in early 2017, I didn't think anybody really cared. You know, there wasn't, um, there wasn't even this level of awareness within, you know, sort of the online V community, um, that, that anybody was out there saying, Hey, I'm struggling with this stuff too. And so I, I, I really had a hard time with thinking that I was, well, one thinking that I, this was normal, you know, I kind of, I kind of worked myself into this uh, situation where I just assumed that like, if I told anybody I was going to, you know, ruin my job prospects or, you know, people, every time I, would see somebody, they would just automatically associate me with this. Um, and now actually it's, I kind of think of that as actually a good thing. Like if, 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 <laughs> if I'm known now for, you know, stepping up and saying, yeah, I, I had this breakdown and, and you, here's how you avoid it. Or here's, you know, here's uh, how don't, don't be like me, then that's fine. But if I, even a couple months ago, if you told me that the post that I wrote would garner, you know, I don't know, thousand, 6,000 views in a weekend, um, I would have said you're insane. I mean, it's just, well, that's bad language, but <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, and so I, the, the takeaway is just, I think for anybody is who's out there, who's having these feelings is just speak up. I mean, we're, you know, there may be some jerk out there who will judge you for it, but and if it's somebody who's close to you, then maybe you need to reevaluate that relationship. Or maybe, you know, by you kind of coming out and saying, yeah, you know, I have these struggles, um, they can either adapt their, you know, sort of view or, or uh, get help that they need too. you know, who knows? Yeah. And one of the things I talk about is like people who are jerks, they're struggling too. you know, people who come after you for things that, you know, I mean, like I was, I was bullied as a kid. Um, I was bullied when I was 33 years old and it's a weird sort of feeling to be at that age and be bullied by other adults. Um, and, but I, in hindsight, I, I almost feel sorry for those folks that they, whatever it was that was in their life that sort of led them to decide to pick on me to make themselves feel better. Um, I hope that they get help. If, if I, if I could jump in, go ahead. Al. I think for me personally, I felt scared, but I felt scared because I thought if I shared how I felt, it was unacceptable. Like I was weak. Um, I just got to the point where I'd had enough and, um, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to, I'm just going to speak my mind, clear my mind, get it off my chest. And however I'm judged moving forward, I'm willing to live with it. Um, looking back, I'm glad I did so. I feel better about where I stand. I feel better about where I'm going forward. Um, but going back to what Michael said, being bullied by adults, these adults are insecure individuals, if you ask me. 
they find nothing Absolutely. better to do with themselves at times. But to bully, and I, and I know I speak for all of us, but I speak also for a lot of individuals like us um, that are kind and gentle and willing to help others. And they take advantage of those feelings. They take advantage of uh, how open-hearted we are because they are insecure. And in, in, in some cases, again, I speak for myself, but it applies to most of us. You just don't know how to react. Or honestly, the, uh, 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 an expression that I live by, the juice sometimes is not worth the squeeze. Do I want to deal with this aggravation? Do I want to move forward with my life? Do I want to ignore this negativity? And it's just, you get tired of it. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, all three of you and and others like Eric Lee and and people that are willing to to put yourself out there to wear your heart on your sleeve out on the internet. I mean, gosh, all of you guys are brave for doing that and telling your story. And I can relate to, I've read all three of your blog posts. I can relate to portions of all of them. Uh, I think been in similar situations, uh, being bullied as a kid as well. And, and especially, I mean, even, you know, at school and at church, church is supposed to be a safe place. And I was bullied even at church and, you know, growing up and through high school before I finally, you know, got the guts to stand up for myself. Um, just you guys speaking out, there's so much positivity that has come out of this through Twitter, through LinkedIn and elsewhere that where you're sharing this, there's been so many people that are like, I can relate. That happens to me too. And it, the more it gets out there, the more the story spreads, the more people are going to be more comfortable sharing their story as well. So kudos to you guys for starting this movement and helping the community. Right. Yeah. No, thank you very much. And, and I give the other, you know, Cody and Michael a lot of credit, including Eric as well. But Michael, something that you mentioned, you had been working on this. It had been sitting in your draft for two plus years, I believe. I think a lot of us have been feeling the same way for you know that amount of time. And sooner or later, you just have to release. You have to let it go. You have to get past it. And in hopes, and I think uh, following up to what Tony said, our goal is to help others so they don't fall down this wormhole, down this trap. Yeah. Another I mean, thing. Oh, go ahead, Michael. You're good. Go I, for it. I was I was going to credit you know Eric, so Eric Lee. I've known him for a long time. He's from Kansas City, uh, both as a, a coworker, as a, a, a customer, mentor, community leader. Um, great guy. I had no idea, right? I, you know, I again, I worked with him. I knew knew him pretty well. I had no idea he was going through that. Um, it was it was sort of him sharing his post last April, May. I'm not sure exactly when. Um, that sort of kicked off the thinking of I need. I need to tell other people this. And so I took, I took him out to lunch the next day and said, I, I want to tell you my story because I see, you know, we worked at a lot of the same places, but also just a lot of parallels and how we, uh, how we uh, were affected and how we approached getting better. Um, but then, you know, Cody sharing his story and Aaron Bewley sharing his, uh, you know, his, his uh, video blog around depression and Christian O'Reilly from Citrix posting his, it was like each time somebody did that, I kept thinking, okay, I, it, it had two effects. I, oh, I need to tell my story. And then I'd also sometimes think, well, these guys are all telling their story and they, I feel like they've covered a lot of it. So maybe I'll just stay silent. Um, but then it was the, literally the Friday I posted, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Like, let's, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to join the choir and uh, I hope it inspired somebody else to, you know, to do the same. And so, something I feel like doesn't get enough attention is that what the things that we're doing around around this are, are giving other people ideas on how to deal with this, right? Because 
a lot of people say, I don't know how to talk about this. I don't know how to get started. And if somebody reads my blog and says, wow, this guy shared this, this stuff out. He got a lot of positive support out of, out of it. People were really positive. Like no one said a single negative thing to me about the post. I don't see anything from you negative, Michael. I didn't see anything from yours, Al, back when you did a very similar one. It's been nothing but positive support. And if, and if someone can see that, even if they didn't agree with my post, even if they read it and they're like, oh, it doesn't fit me. But if they take away from that, that there was an outlet that a guy used on social media to feel better and they can, they can tap into that too, then it's a win. Yeah. Right. Like it's a different, we're giving people different strategies to manage this. And that's something that's very different from like our parents' generation and, and going back further. Right. Because this avenue didn't exist. It didn't exist back then. And there's no substitute for going and talking to somebody and having, you know, a a medical professional help you. And if you're having heavier, darker thoughts, seriously, those phone lines are there for a reason. Call them. Don't think that just blogging about that is going to make that go away. Um, But if you can find an outlet in that, by all means, take that outlet. It's a good thing. Right. And and I think you bring up a point, Cody, where, you know, your parents' generation dealt with this kind of stuff in a different way. Like, I know, you know, everything I've ever heard about this kind of stuff is, well, people just need to toughen up, you know. And, you know, have a thicker skin, have a stiff upper lip, whatever the sayings are. Um, and just, you know, brush this stuff off and just don't let it bother you, you know, sticks and stones. Right. Um, and so it's, but, but it's, I think that is that side of it today. It's like, that's just the external thing that adds on some effect of things. There's, and, and I've been trying to explain this to people not who don't work in it for a while now of, you know, People who are in technology fields, especially administrative and systems people, you know, we deal with high pressure situations where if a system is down, we can literally have an entire corporation's, you know, ticking time bomb of money being spent of unproductive employees, you know, and you've got the CEO sitting outside your office, tapping his foot on the floor, waiting, like, you know, are you going to fix it or do I need to send people home um, and not pay everybody or we're just going to close up for the day? Um, I mean, a lot of us, you know, have had that experience on some level or another, and and it's those kind of high pressure situations where even if it, even if the outcome is good and you fix it, and everybody goes back to work, there's still that moment in time where you were dealing with that pressure situation, and you know sometimes the fix is the relief, but sometimes it's just one of those things of what if it happens again, and what do I do now, and. Yeah. You know, like, and, and that's where I feel like we as IT people need to come more together to talk through those things of, you know, yeah, like, <laughs> and, and I feel like, mo- I feel like, you know, quote unquote, normal people who have real jobs don't necessarily understand that aspect of things about how, you know, what we do affects so many other people and their day jobs and how today a lot of them can't work without us. And so it's, 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 it's sort of that extra layer of pressure and things. And, you know, like, it, it, like, are you guys seeing like that in, in, in your experience and dealing with some of the, how some of those kind of situations adds layers onto, you know, your own, you know, health trouble? I definitely think that there's, there's a huge aspect of that. Right. And, and I think that each of us, especially between me, Michael and Alec, we each have a different, I guess, profile in, in industry, right. It's a, I'm sure we each have our individual fears about talking about this and 
how our, our jobs and our careers kind of escalate that concern, right? I'm supposed to be the guy who stands on, on a stage in front of hundreds of people and talks about the technology and is excited and energetic. Nobody wants to see the guy up there who had an anxiety attack and is breaking down, right? And that creates a whole other level of stress on dealing with the situation. Like, I can't be this way in public, which is a complete lie. Like, I, I can absolutely be this way. And if I'm that way in public, it's because I haven't dealt with it and I need to go in and, and deal with it, right? Um, for me, it's about learning to accept that that's a part of who I am and how to manage it. And if I'm not managing it, then I'm not able to effectively do my job. But it absolutely creates a, a level of stress, to your point. But, but also, you should be accepted for who you are and not what they want you to see or absolutely. be. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Very good point, man. Al, coming through with the deepness. Hey, brother. Sorry, sorry. Okay. No, it's good. It's it's good. good. I'm just glad. I'm, I'm, I can't say it enough, and I've said it before. I mean, I, my only regret in anything, and we don't ever want to live in hindsight or regret, I just wish I discovered the V community five, six, seven years ago. It, it just, you know, I look back and I'm like, man, you know, these people, they just generally give, you know, a rat's ass about one another, and they're not asking for anything in return. They just want everybody to succeed, do things the right way, uh, be kind to one another and help one another get to the point where ultimately, yeah, money's great. It provides for our families and so on and so forth, but we just want to be happy and satisfied. And it's not much to ask for. Yeah. And, and you know, the community aspect to this, I, I think is really important because, you know, we as a, as a V community are very ready to share some technical triumph that we made, right? So, you know, you may post a, uh, oh, here's this, you know, blueprint that I created in in uh, in uh, VRA, and here's this problem, you know, this business problem that I solved, and somebody reads that, and they say, okay, well, this doesn't exactly fit my situation, but there's a value out of that. Oh, here's here's a way of thinking about something that I, I didn't know I could do with a product, or, oh, I've run into that situation before, and you know, now I can can take this one little nugget of knowledge and use that to solve the, another problem. I think the same thing applies here. If you read my story or Cody's or yours, or, you know, you listen to Britain's, anybody's, you, you don't have to read the entire thing and say, oh yeah, that fits me to a T to get something out of that that says, well, yeah, I've, you know, I've struggled with, with, uh, you know, anxiety when I'm, you know, like Tony said, when I'm sitting in, in traffic or, uh, you know, if I've got a stressful situation with a customer or a executive, like, how do you deal with that? Um, and so just taking those little nuggets and using those to apply to yourself is, is, and having more people share how they, how they deal with that, I think is really important. How do you guys, anybody, oh, go ahead, Tony, sorry. <laughs> has anybody else, when something has gone horribly, horribly wrong at work, just all of a sudden had this like flush, warm feeling come over you like, oh crap. <laughs> yep. Or is that just me? <laughs> like uh, all of a sudden, uh, like insanely warm. <laughs> that's the pucker up the butt moment, right? Yeah. Like, yes, oh, exactly. God, oh, God, oh crap! I just lost. The culmination of my worst nightmares are happening. I might pass out. I hope I pass out. Please yes. don't pass out. So I actually experienced it this past weekend. Oh, um, no. Part of oh, this man. Trip, part of this trip that I was on, mm -hmm. uh, we we were we had an interactive session for some of our end users. And in the past, what we would uh, basically what we pr would provide as an IT presentation was here are a bunch of slides. Here's how you go about doing this. Here's how you go about doing that. 
Now we want folks to actually do it for themselves, get behind the wheel and drive. Right. So we had six laptops laid out in a conference room. And guess what happened after the first session? Eight laptops crashed. <laughs> so we ended up literally focusing on one laptop that was playing nice for lack of a better way of putting it, connected up, connected it to the uh, podium, displayed it on a big screen. And we just asked for volunteers from the crowd to come up to the stage, go through the exercise. And, and, and it served as a learning experience for everybody else. But going back to what you said, uh, Tony, I just, I thought to myself, really, we did about 50 dry runs. And each time we did so it worked flawlessly. And the one time you want it to work, everything goes to, you know, where. Yeah, yeah. And you're in those moments where you've done everything that you can, or you're, maybe you're not even involved. I've been in, in, you know, in my office and there's a presentation that I didn't know about that was happening. And then all of a sudden the system isn't working and they're, they're jumping on you and they're jacking on you. Get this done now. We had this meeting schedule and it's like, guys, there's a million different variables. I'll do my best, but I can only do so much. You know what I mean? I'm only one man. There's a lot of the times, right. uh, those are some of the frustrating situations. Well, and, then, and, and that's, that's the thing that I deal with a lot as, as, an, as an independent consultant is, you know, everybody expects yeah. me to know every single thing about every piece of technology. Like mm -hmm. I can walk into a client's office and they're just like, how come this piece of Excel doesn't work the way I think it should? You know, I don't use, mm -hmm. I don't use Excel on a regular basis. I don't do, like, I'm not an accountant. And so, like, I don't know why it does that. My printer's broken. Fix it, please. Yeah. Like, like, you know, print, I can yeah. help you install it. I can it, help but... you throw the printer out. You know. <laughs> well, I'll give you actually. We're all in IT, so we all know how to fix printers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you actually two more examples real quickly from this past weekend. One end user who's a remote employee, for whatever reason, can't get the problem that she's reporting to us resolved in a remote session. So she kindly offered, bring, bring her laptop to the company trip. We'll take a look at it. We'll do our best to get it fixed for you. It literally took two minutes. But the point of this, she was prepared and came prepared. Another employee, going back to what that scenario or uh, the way Tony described it, I had an employee approach me out of nowhere and say, nothing works. Okay. But I didn't know anything about this in advance. And I've got 300 people from the company just staring at me, waiting for me to assist them in some way. So I politely asked her, I said, do you have your laptop with you? And what do you guys think the response was? I know I'm leaving with it. <laughs> Uh, no, I left it at home. Of course. Seriously. Yep. And, and again, that's minor in the big scheme of things, but it just piles on. It just adds to that frustration. Right. And some, you know, in some cases it just kind of breaks you down and you get over it. Yeah. We had, we had a huge company wide uh, meeting at a hotel. At for your company, former yeah. employer. Yeah. For my former employer about, I want to say three, four months ago. And we're not AV guys, right? We're the IT infrastructure team. We're very high level, project focused, uh, break fix, design architecture, right? We're not AV guys. And the director had got my boss involved and then pulled me in to help him because he had some things that he didn't uh, quite understand about it. And so we're pulled off on this, getting everything working I even had to pull some of my, my podcast gear here to get some of the AV to function and flow right. And we did a, a million dry runs and everything. And the day before the actual big company meeting, the IT director said, if this, this doesn't work, it's your ass. Don't embarrass me in front of the company. I'm like, yeah, no pressure, right? <laughs> Why didn't you guys hire out to do this? People that know how to do this, do this all the time. Right. So... 
just another example yeah and it's it, that, that that's like I, for, fortunately like i've got a good bunch of good customers like i've never had a had a customer or a client or even an, an employer in, in my history like scream at me for something um like literally scream at me um but it's it's one of those things of like you know there's there's a lot of uh small little nuggets in in the old tv show how i met your mother and 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 one of them is the, <laughs> the chain of screaming and so if you've never if you're not familiar with it just go look that up because basically it's it's it i think it's a very true statement where if you're getting screamed at you're probably somewhere near the end of a chain of people getting screamed at and you kind of have to think about yep. you know who's screaming at that guy who's screaming at this guy what's his wife doing to him at home and you know like if if you're in that kind of a situation, that kind of an abusive situation in, in a professional environment, um, especially, you know, it, you, you can you can either take all that on and make and really you know cause damage to yourself, or you can try to look at it in a way of, you know, what's the person screaming at me going through that's making them feel this way. So yeah, and yeah. and you know, I was listening to the last your last episode with Pat, and he talked about you know, VMware culture and making sure that, you know, you have what, however many 17 hours or whatever in a day where you're basically not, you know, shouldn't, where you should be sleeping those other eight-ish, right. uh, but probably aren't, uh, you know, you're up working on something, you know, some new toy or, or whatever, but, you know, the, the time that you're at work is probably going to outweigh in some cases, the time that you spend with your family. And so if you're, if you're in a situation where your employer is contributing to bad mental health then you know whether it's whether it's a, just an individual or it's you know company-wide culture um you know that's that's something that you kind of have to evaluate and decide if you want to continue to put yourself in that unhealthy situation for just for a paycheck right well, and it, when you're in those situations it's hard go yeah. ahead yeah no no i was just gonna say like i, I think a lot of people like, I, i've known people professionally who, you know, they work in IT and, you know, they're in help desk jobs or there are some sort of an entry level thing and they hate their job and all they do is complain about it. And I look them up on, you know, online and 15 years later, they're still there. Yeah. You know, and there's this thing about a lot of times, you know, we just get stuck in our ruts as humans and we, we will just continue to take, you know, abuse in different forms and just, like you know whatever it's just a paycheck yeah. but but i think but, but I, I don't think pat is absolutely right i mean you know if you're going to work somewhere work somewhere where you know you enjoy the people the people enjoy you you enjoy your actual work you know and it, it just makes your day go that much faster and better and you feel better at the end of it um yeah you know and that's part of the reason like i wanted to quit working for for a company and just do my own thing is because like yeah i i I can't stand sitting in an eight by eight cubicle all day and and feeling like you know this is what my life has come to as i sit inside this you know these four walls and office space yeah (laughs) and it's like you know like i can enjoy the people but you know I, i need to get out and and I think that's I think that kind of adds another another thing of like you know, stuff that people can do like there's a there's a huge thing of of IT people just being you know fat lazy slob geeks who just eat you know chips all day, um, yeah. And, and I think God, they're so delicious though. 
and it's and it's 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 it's, it's turn off and on again yeah and it's just it's an extremely difficult thing to get you know get out of an unhealthy cycle and i'm i'm trying to do that right now and and it's you know gosh man like that that to me right right now is like the thing of which contributes to your mental health as well is your overall physical being is you know trying to get in a workout routine trying to focus and pay attention to what you're eating and just trying to just be a better human and and paying attention to what you're doing because it's so easy as as a you know professional as a for me as a business owner tr- to just get through my day of just like oh fine i'll just grab a burrito and be on my way you know or right. grab a big mac or whatever but that's those little you know it's, it's death by a thousand cuts at that point because sooner or later you look up and you're almost 300 pounds so yeah if i could add to that um and and, and when i was more active in terms of jogging watching what i eat cooking you know everything was prepared by me i I was just much happier i was in a better place right um and i used to refer to it as selfish time for al all i need is a couple hours a day you can have me for the rest of the time you know when i'm at home but when i'm gonna go jog it's mental therapy it's also physical therapy it allows Mm -hmm. me to release it allows me to ask myself what do i want for myself what do i want to do moving forward where I got caught in a trap is what you just described, uh, Britain, that typical IT guy that stuffs his face with chips, sits behind a desk mm-hmm. and waits for that next problem to come. Yep. And it just, it gets tiresome. And before you know it, you know, I'm ashamed to admit it. And I've admitted it in my blog. Here I am, but I'm like you trying to improve and I'm going to get there. We're all going to get there. It just takes all of us to encourage one another and support one another. But before you know it, we'll be, we'll be in a better place. It's just a matter of time. Yep. Yeah, and a, a huge shout out to Britain, actually, and Heath Johnson for uh, some of the scenarios that Britain was talking about earlier is I was in, you know, several other positions where I was just not happy. And I would I would talk to Heath about it. I would talk to Britain about it. And they'd be like, you know, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to get out of there and you have to find something else and better yourself. And for a long time, it's, you know, it's it's a rut. You're stuck in it. It's very hard to get out of that. You're, you're used to the same old, same old, the norm, and you're afraid of stepping out. But once you do that, just like stepping out into the V community, once you do that, the rewards are there. That next opportunity, that next job to learn more about what you want to learn versus what that old job will only limit you to learning. Uh, those are all valuable assets. And I, a huge shout out to Britain for your, and Heath for your constant encouragement. And you guys helped me get to VMware. So. Thanks, bro. Well, it, it, it's it, I think it just goes to the show. Like everybody in the in this you know IT community or V community at large, we all know people who've been coworkers of ours who've been been stuck in their things and they just like to complain about it. And I think those kind of people, you know, need that little bit of extra pushing to like, no, you got to get out of this. You got to get out of this. Like, I, and and you know, hearkening back to my help desk days, I mean, I don't know how many people that I sat in rows of you know cubicle help desk people with where all they did on every single call was when the customer came on the phone and was telling them their problem, they would mute their microphone 95% of the time successfully and just curse a blue, <laughs> curse a, curse a blue streak at this poor person who's just trying to get on the internet and, you know, unmute themselves and then get through some stuff and then whatever. And, I, and you know, as a, as a person, you know, I've had to call help desks to get tickets open and things in the past. And, you know, and I've been 
that a guy on the phone who has a problem and I need this person to do their job and you know they and and, and I've been that five percent of people who doesn't get unsuccessfully or successfully muted and all of a sudden I'm getting cursed at by this poor help desk guy and so I'm just like it's in those moments like you know I'm just be like I almost wanted to say to the guy and I haven't had the opportunity to do it yet but I'd just be like dude like I've been in the cha- exact chair you're sitting in if you hate your job that much learn two skills and get the heck out of there that's all you got to do yep. even one skill nowadays just learn how to code one thing and get the heck out of there because you're not doing yourself or anybody else any favors every single phone call you take if you're just you know cussing at people all day that's my two cents on the topic and to be clear that that example was not me (laughs) (laughs) one of the one of the things you mentioned about you know i i would part of the part of the reason why uh i kind of stayed in a situation where i wasn't happy was you know had to do with money and i think the right the job that I, the job that I, in where I was like a full-time dedicated sysadmin, I got paid the least in was probably one of the more enjoyable ones that I had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you would, and they always, you know, there's that adage about, you know, money doesn't make you happy, blah, blah, blah. I think it, it's, it plays out as, as you, yeah, it does. I mean, it, 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 (laughs) so it, it gives you fewer things to worry about if you manage it correctly. Right. Um, but it also kind of feeds into a, a narrative of, you know, for me, I started having children, you know, my wife quit working, I started making more money. And all of a sudden it was, I was the so, sort of a sole provider for a family of you know, four or five now. Um, and you kind of, it, it, it's like gravity. It just keeps, you know, you can't, you can't reach breakaway speed to say, yeah, I need to go find something else to do. Um, because there's, well, I got to worry about insurance. I got to worry about, uh, you know, uh, whether I'm going to find something that's going right. to pay as well as what I'm doing now. And what if I go there and it's just as yeah, terrible you, as yeah, where you gotta I'm be, at. You got to be an adult all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So let me ask each of one, each of you a question, if you don't mind. Sure. If you're single with no kids and you're only responsible for yourself and you're dealing with all this aggravation in a professional work environment, do you stick it out for the money? I wouldn't. Exactly. So the common theme is we're all doing it, most times and not, for those other factors, our family, the benefits, the health care, so on and so forth. It's just a, it's an unfortunate fact at times, but you know, you're just sucking it out for those reasons. And the money, yeah, absolutely. Right. Money's not great. Oh. It helps. It provides for our kids because we want our kids to be happy and successful. But is it worth the aggregate? No. Well, and let, let me let me put on my Dave Ramsey hat for a second, because like you know, <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to go there. Me, I was going to go there now. <laughs> me do me doing what I am doing today, um, would not have been possible without us getting debt free prior to. Um, exactly. And you know, like we're we're debt free, but the house at this point. Um, and 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 it's it's one of these things of like you if you can work two jobs for a couple of years and yeah, kill yourself, make as much money as possible and pay off. You know, if you, if you're unfortunately in having student loans and having, you know, all these things, just credit cards and everything, all this other garbage, if you can get rid of that huge weight of garbage off your back 
it, it, it really frees you. All of a sudden you have choices that you didn't have before. And you, can, and you can take a job somewhere that has less pressure, maybe less money, and has a better work environment. And maybe it's going to start there at a lower pay scale. But if it's a better environment overall and you can afford to do it for a year or two while you start to build yourself up, you know, that that to me is like sort of some somewhat of the path. And, you know, we're in this day and age now where everybody's got to keep up with everybody else. You know, as soon as you get the high paying job, you got to go out and buy a Tesla or, you know, you got to just, you know, show everybody how fancy you are. And and it's just this horrible, horrible cycle we've gotten ourselves into of building a life on debt and how much we owe somebody else, you know, like, you know, like Dave Ramsey always say, you, you drive a fancy car to improve people, you, to, to impress people you don't even like. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things of like, you know, you remember I'll, I'll, you know, talk about my brother Heath again. I mean, he, he leads annually a uh, Dave Ramsey financial peace university course here locally um, for people at, at our, at his church. And, you know, he'll, he run, runs through that class, you know, with a number of people every year and, and helps just helps people get out of debt. And, and it's, it's one of those things of like, it's on everybody's mind, but I don't think people really pay attention to how much it really stresses you out. Um, you know, and they yeah. say, they say the number one cause of divorce is money fights and money problems. And, you know, like if, if you, if you can get rid of the debt of stuff and just, and, and the addiction to buying things, um, that's a huge, huge thing that, that can help your overall, again, overall well-being and mental health and, and your relationships in general. And, and man, oh, everybody, everybody says this, like, man, when I was, cause I didn't go to college, so I don't have school debt. Um, but you know, if I had, you know, taken seriously and understood how money works when I was entering the workforce at 19, um, I mean, I, I could probably have half a million dollars in the bank today if I had actually done, done that the proper way. But I don't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball at you and kind of bring it bring it back home. Um, So a huge part of of why my situation ended up the way it was 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 heavily centered around around uh, money and having things. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting really deep. A big part of why what happened was uh, this feeling of losing everything because when I was from the time I was about five until the time I was about 12, I moved pretty much two or three times a year, sometimes losing all of my things as a, as a result. Dang. And, um, it's, it's really impacted me as an adult because I, everything you're saying, I totally agree with, but if I'm hundred percent honest, buying things makes me feel better. Oh yeah. It's re- retail therapy. There was, yeah. a time, yeah. there was a time, there was a time and it's not now, there was a time I didn't care about being in debt because I got to buy things that were mine and nobody could take them away from me. Sure. And that's something that um, my wife and I, full transparency, we had an argument about it this weekend because this is something that follows me around my entire life now. Um, and the difference between now and six months ago is that I'm getting it dealt with through talking to somebody. Um, but where, I was, where the reason I gave this whole big speech thing is for me, I could never get out of like fully out of debt. And we've been out of debt for a long time, um, but I could never get away from that concept without getting me fixed. 
because otherwise I was going to always go back there and I was always going to end up buying things again or trying to fill this, this hole that exists that I've never dealt with. Right. Um, so my advice to people would be if you're dealing with kind of mental health things and some of that traces back to, to money and things, address why those things exist, exist, address why you have a need for those things. Don't, don't listen to people who just say like that you don't need to buy that, that TV. Of course, just like, you know, what's wrong with yourself. Of course you don't need to buy that TV, but if you're, if you buying that TV is something that traces back to other issues you have deal with those root issues Buy the, buy the TV, deal with those root issues, right? Like deal with those issues and get that fixed. So you can start to move forward in your life, get away from jobs that are, that are toxic, get away from relationships that are toxic. But so much of this traces back to you taking care of yourself and dealing with your own, your own shit. <laughs> uh, right. If you don't deal with that stuff, you won't ever be able to break away from all of these other toxic things in your life. I agree. Agree completely. And that's why I said, going back a few minutes ago, you have to look at yourself and sometimes be a little bit selfish and ask yourself, how can I tackle these issues, but do it in a productive way where it's going to lead to happiness, but not affect anybody else negatively or myself totally right well i think we can oh. start wrap this up. start to try to wrap this up a little bit um you know go, going through today um i guess you know part, part of the part i think we need to well, the one kind of thing we can talk about more here is is like you know ultimately what people can do and who they can talk to um to get you know to get assistance and help um you know besides just talking to a therapist or or or, or you know an, an actual counselor or professional i mean and, and besides people in your family i mean do you guys have other resources of you know help that people can go to yeah so there's always the there's always the the standard answers of you know there's there's the mental health hotlines or suicide hotlines um a couple of kind of off the wall ones i suggest employee systems program i visited them that's how i got my stuff dealt with now that's how i dealt with stuff several years back uh when i was having some family issues um i can never say enough good things about company sponsored employee assistance programs um so for my for myself they worked they worked great but the other one is really be aware of who your inner circle is and aware of the people you talk to. Um, I can tell you the exact moment I started to get better was on a conversation with Jad, uh, Jad Elzane. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him some of the stuff I was feeling and going through. And it was a couple of days after my, my big, my big breakdown. And I made a joke, as you guys know, I joke about everything. And I, and I was like, I said something along the lines of, I kept saying, and I was like, you know, it's stupid for me to feel this way. But, and after I said it like three or four times, he was like, dude, I got to tell you, stop. It's not stupid. Maybe the things you're thinking are going to happen because of this is stupid, but these are your emotions. These are your feelings. Like you need to give them, give them their credit and you need to acknowledge them as being real. And it made me realize that, man, talking to the people in my closest inner circle about this is a good thing. Because 
once he said that, it made me start validating that this was a real thing. And this was before I'd gone and talked to anybody. It made me realize that this is something that isn't just doesn't just go away. Um, right. So my my outside the box opinion is be aware of who your inner circle is and choose people in that inner circle who you would feel comfortable with being the most fallen apart, weakest version of yourself, because those are the people that belong in your inner circle, and not everyone gets to be there. I would say, if you don't mind, my biggest fear was talking about these issues with my wife. And I've overcome that because I didn't want her to see that side of me. But it's helped me become better. And I feel better about myself. And I know I can handle these types of situations moving forward without allowing it to get under my skin like it has in the past. Um, another factor, I laugh, I laugh, I laugh. Laughter is the best medicine. You can't buy it, and it just heals everything. You know, when I get frustrated in the office, I and you guys may laugh when I say this, no pun intended, I literally start laughing. I chuckle. Because what else can you do? You just got to let it go. Right. Release. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would <clears throat> echo some of what Cody said. It just, you know, finding a friend. Uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to find somebody who's who's open and, and – um, sort of going through, through some of the same challenges, you know, that's obviously better, but find somebody who's going to uh, listen and know when to pull the emergency cord for you. Um, and, you know, if, if you're in a situation where you feel like you can be open with people you work with or, you know, your manager, um, let them know because, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies, I know VMware in particular has, uh, you know, sort of training program, you know, they're, they're, they try to help managers uh, give, they try to help give managers the skills to uh, work with employees who may have challenges, mm -hmm. you know, whether they're physical, mental, whatever it is. Um, the, the day after I made my post, I was kind of on the fence about it, but I finally just decided, you know what, I'm going to email my team lead and my manager and my director and I'm going to say, this is, you know, hey, this is out there. Uh, you know, I, I knew some people from my team had already seen it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I figured I, I just let them know. And, and the response I got back was, frankly, fantastic. Um, and I don't think I, you know, I don't think I, anywhere else that I'd worked previously, I probably would have been felt comfortable doing that. But I didn't feel like there was the team that I'm on that I was going to be judged for, for just throwing it out there. Um, I also sent it to some of my previous managers, I'd say three of the last four managers that I had. And um, one of them kind of knew because uh, he, I talked to him a little bit during the, uh, my, the time around the panic attack. And, you know, he came back and, and basically said, I have these same struggles and I, you know, I need help. I need help. Just, you know, I've been working on this. Um, you know, I've, I've, and, and we shared stories. Um, you know, sometimes they just say, wow, I, I really wish that I knew that you were going through that so that I could have helped you. Um, you know, I wish that, that, that I'd known that just so that I could, it, it kind of put some things in context for them that, you know, I didn't need to have a, a panic attack or just the way that I may have reacted in a stressful situation with that. If they had that understanding at the time would have probably, um, probably helped. So, you know, I, if, like I said, if you're comfortable doing that, I'd, I'd right. highly encourage you. Well, and, and to, to that end, 
I think it brings up a good angle of Michael, this Michael, where, um, you know, there are, there are those of us like, you know, I, I'm, I'm more of the kind of a person who's just going to keep, keep things to myself. Like I don't tell people stuff. Um, you know, I'll tell my wife pretty much everything, but, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell even Tony, you know, my deepest, darkest secrets. Um, and we've been friends for gosh, 25 years. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I just, you know, it's, it's just part of my personality of being a private person. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm growing a bit through that, <clears throat> but, but I will say for people who, who want to talk to somebody, but they want to kind of do it almost, you know, like I feel like if they want to talk to a trusted person who's going to keep things confidential, but they don't want to like, you know, pay for it or they can't pay for it. Um, or if they want to talk to somebody, you know, who has experience in counseling, um, you know, Tony and I are both people of faith. We go to church. Um, there are churches nationwide and globally, and all of them have pastors and pretty much all pastors at some level go through counseling training and dealing with these kinds of issues. And they, they, and, and then they bring in the thing that we have when we talked about this, is that a lot of people help use to help us is there is a spiritual component to our lives that, you know, many people do that in different ways, meditation, whatever you want to do. Um, but, but if you, if you're really struggling and you don't want to talk to someone, you know, you know, find a local church, find a pastor, they will talk to you and they will, they'll, you know, they'll, and they'll be, they'll be quiet about it. Um, and, and, and realistically there's some that it, it's someone you can count on to, you know, give you some assistance and just give you a, an ear to talk to more or less, um, without having to worry about, you know, somebody else close to you finding out about it, if that's a fear. Um, so that, that's my tip for the crowd is, you know, find someone who will listen to you, even if you don't know, even if they're a perfect stranger, like, you know, these people will listen to you. Um, you know, the, the guy who was Tony and I's youth pastor growing up, he, he does a part-time job now where he is a corporate chaplain and he goes to these manufacturing companies and he's just there. And basically they just tell all the employees, you know, the, these hours on these days, we have a chaplain here. If you have a problem, you can go talk to him and it's totally confidential. Um, and the company pays for it. And so it's one of these things of like, you know, businesses do this kind of stuff for you to try to help you get through some of the stuff to make you a better employee. So take advantage of some of that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts, Tony? No, I, I would just echo some of your last sentiments. Um, there's been some, you know, tough times in my life where you know, God's got me through it and church family's gotten me through it. And sometimes there's no substitute uh, for that, that kind of help. So that's something I would echo there as well. But other than that, I, th- I think we're good. Yeah. I think we got through quite a bit here today. And I think uh, I thank all of you guys for joining us and talking about this. This was a, a kind of a tough topic and appreciate you opening up. I mean, even more than you did on your blog posts. So I uh, really appreciate you joining us tonight and talking about this. Same here. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate the time and thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, no, thanks a lot. Thanks for you. bringing us on. I, I, I yeah. appreciate it, guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, give me two seconds and I'll play us out of here. Oh, wow.
once again, this has been GigaCast episode 29 for Sunday, May 5th. Thanks again to Michael Stanclift, Cody Diarkland, and Al Rashid. Uh, check out their blogs. I'll try to link them in the notes after this. Um, good, good stuff there. And, you know, again, if, if you know somebody who needs help, you know, or if, you, if you're just concerned about somebody, just, you know, when you go to work tomorrow or after you listen to this and you, you know, you think somebody's having a tough time, seriously sit them down and just ask them how they're doing really um and and have some try to have a real conversation with somebody about this because this is important stuff and you could be saving somebody's life so thanks again to all of our guests and we will come back at you again soon with another episode and uh chris williams is on deck so we're coming thanks again everybody have a good one